This is People Every Day. Coming up, the latest in a spate of tragic news from the mass shooting in Indianapolis to the killing of 13-year-old Adam Toledo by Chicago police. Plus, what to expect from Princess Harry and William at Prince Philip's funeral. And also, are low-rise jeans really back? It's April 16th. Hi, folks. This is People Every Day, and it is Friday. For those faithful listeners, you know this already, but the goal of the show is to not only keep you informed, but to give you a bit of escape from all of the hardships out there. Honestly, it's not easy to do both on days like today, but I will try. On the lighter side of things, later in the show, I'm joined by People Style and Beauty Director Andrea Laventhal, who has a lot of feelings, a lot to say about the sudden return of low-rise jeans. Yes, it is a trend that is upon us. She also gives her top tips on spring style and the one piece of clothing that can do no wrong. So stay tuned for that. We'll also get into everything you need to know about Prince Philip's royal funeral and what you'll see from Princes Harry and William, a couple of brothers who just aren't getting along so well. But First, I must update you on the sad news that is shaking the nation today. Both the mass shooting at a FedEx facility in Indianapolis and the killing of 13-year-old boy Adam Toledo in Chicago by a police officer. Joining me to discuss the latest in these cases and where the country is now with its gun violence epidemic, People's Senior Crime Editor, Alicia Dennis. Hi, Alicia. Hi, Janine. How's it going? Well, you know, it's a hard, another hard morning for everyone. I mean, we went to bed last night after this, you had mentioned, you know, this horrific police footage was released on the shooting of 13-year-old Adam Toledo. And then if you slept through the night, you woke up to the news this morning about the mass shooting that happened at the FedEx facility. And sometimes it just seems like it's it's too much. We were talking about that this morning. It's just like the level of trauma that just everyday citizens, everyday Americans, you know, are dealing with the non-victims, you know, on top of, you know, the people who have so horrifically lost their lives and their families. It's just insane. Um, Can you talk to me first about Adam, um, Adam Toledo? Who, Who was he and what do we know about that situation? So, this happened in the early morning hours of of March 29th. Uh, according to police, what police are telling us is that they responded to an alert of shots fired in this particular neighborhood around, you know, 2.30, nearing 3 a.m. in the morning. And so a lot of times with, with body camera video, it can take up to a year for that to be released. But in this case, it's just been a few weeks. You know, it's such a heartbreaking situation to have this boy um, who was, from from what we can tell, from what we've been told, um, running away from officers. There's so much within footage and these kinds of cases that it's difficult to know unless you're in the moment exactly what occurred. Uh, So this comes the same week that 
20-year-old Dante Wright was killed in Minnesota at the hands of police and during the ongoing trial of, of Derek Chauvin. So so what has been the reaction on the ground to this? Of course, you know, they're in different places, Minnesota, this is Chicago, but are you seeing that surge that we saw last summer around the same time? I think, Janine, you're right. There's been this this expression of, of pain and deep grief and frustration and people trying to wrap their brains around this and understand it. And especially in the Dante Wright case, the Wright family has met with the Floyd family and shared their pain. Just kind of this idea that this 20-year-old was in a traffic stop. There was a, this was pulled over in a traffic stop. And, and, and those ideas that you could lose your life over a traffic stop, it's so horrifying to people that this is the price of, of a life, that these small incidents and raising all these questions about training and when police should use deadly force and when it should not even be an option. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's let's shift over now to Indianapolis. Um, what do we know about one the, the victims? Because I know we we saw that that eight um, lost their lives, but there were others as well that that were were injured. So has that number stayed at eight as far as we know? There is a press conference happening today. I would expect that's one of many to come for us to hopefully find out more about what is happening there. But I know that, as you say, several were wounded and are being seen in hospitals. And we're watching carefully to see how that number may change from the eight that they've said were killed. It's it's so awful when you think about all the different people that we look to during the pandemic to help make us safe and help our lives work. There are people like this at the FedEx facility that kept things going for us and continue to do that, as well as what we saw in Boulder with the grocery store. As we're looking at it, you know, within the team as we're reporting this, it just focuses us again on these frontline people, you know, who've been working throughout this pandemic are now facing a whole new kind of horror. Goodness. And and it said 45. There's been just since what happened in the Atlanta spa shootings, I, I saw on CNN, 45 mass shootings in that span since since March. It's really shocking, isn't it? You know, the way that mass shootings are counted and the statistics that are put together on what makes a mass shooting are are different depending on what organization are putting those numbers together. But every mass shooting is one too many, right? It's just um, we kind of had gone through this period where it seemed like there were fewer um, you know, we have a breaking news protocol within people whenever something like this happens and our teams are trying to carefully um, tell the stories of these victims and these survivors and people who have lost their lives, people that want to honor those that they're, they're missing. And um, we had a, a little bit of a moment where that breaking news protocol wasn't initiated for us. And now that's changed. Well, Alicia, thank you for for just giving me your perspective on all this and um, appreciate all your your work in, in covering this and allowing the victims and, and their families and the survivors to have 
have some some say in in the story. Thank you so much, Janine. Yeah, I appreciate you uh, giving us the time to share some of that. And here we are with Michelle Tauber, Royals expert, Royals editor, Royals connoisseur. Not not that last one. I don't think you collect Royals. But <laughs> she's going to take us through uh, the news that we will see all over the place this weekend, uh, Prince Philip's funeral. Uh, this is just something we have been kind of revving up to all week. The dribs and jabs have been coming out about where it'll be, who will be there, how it'll be because of COVID protocols. But now we have all of those details, right, Michelle? That's right. Yeah, we got a lot more information this week. So first things first, remind us where this is all taking place. So this is all going to unfold on the grounds of Windsor Castle. And the funeral itself is going to be at St. George's Chapel, which we've seen in various royal weddings through the years, including Meghan and Harry's. Um, And that's where um, the actual ceremony will take place. Got it. And so what does the procession look like? So the big headline this week in terms of the procession is that the palace confirmed on Thursday that William and Harry will not be walking side by side together. Mm. Um, And what was really interesting, Janine, about the palace's statement is that they specifically said, we're not going to be drawn into perceptions of drama about why they're not walking together. Um, This is a family, this is a family, you know, uh, funeral. This is what's going down. They said it was a practical matter to have have uh, the brothers not walk together. Um, and it's it's also really interesting. So they're going to be separated by Peter Phillips, their cousin. He's um, Princess Anne's older son, um, only son, actually. Um, and he's going to walk between them in, in the, um, the procession. So that's really interesting. I mean, did they say why? They, they, they said it was, a, you know, a practical reason. But I mean, does that make any sense? Yeah, it was... Um, <laughs> It's a surprising announcement. I mean, I think, you know, we can all, we we know, of course, that, you know, there have been so many tensions between the brothers yeah, for, yeah. for a long time. And, and I think we talked about earlier this week, what, how, how high emotions would be not only at a funeral, um, uh, you know, for their grandfather, but also having not seen each other physically mm. um, for more than a year. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, 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 they also said in the statement, which was also interesting, this is per Her Majesty's wishes, which, oh. uh, yeah, which I think is like a really good, like, I wish I could say that in my life when I just want to settle the matter, you know, and by the way, no further questions. This is per Her Majesty's wishes. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but also it kind of reminds me of like that, those family gatherings where like you and your brother or sister are acting up and like, you sit over there and you sit over there. Yeah, you're <laughs> Don't right. Don't talk it to is, each other. It, do, it does have that <laughs> Uh, general vibe, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Prince Philip didn't want an over-the-top funeral. Yeah. So what what factors about the arrangements respect that wish? I yeah. guess. Yeah, it's really interesting on that front because COVID protocols, um, as you mentioned, it, COVID protocols have really impacted the the way this funeral would have unfolded otherwise. And we spoke with a former uh, palace press secretary for our mm-hmm. story this week, and she was saying, ironically this is even more what he would have wanted. There would have been more of a procession through the streets of Windsor. They're not, there's not going to be that at all. This is all taking place on the castle grounds. So I think, um, yeah, again, people who knew Philip the best say this is what he would have wanted anyway. 
Wow. And then in terms of the service, do we know like how that's going to run? It, it'll look familiar if you've, if you've watched past royal ceremonies because they, sing, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> they sit, they sit in that, in that old, old church and they sing hymns. What will look different is that they will be enforcing the six feet apart protocols. They will be, the guests will be masked. Again, you're only having 30 guests anyway. So it's going to be very sparse. I think what you would have 30 seen, only 30, 30 only. And, and what made me sad to read was that, you know, he had been, Philip was very dedicated to like, it was almost a thousand charities that he contributed to during his 70 years. And they, they said that a lot of the people from the charities had, had thought that when Philip died, they would be invited to the funeral to honor Mm. him, to thank his, you know, his legacy, you know, mark his legacy. And, and none of those people, uh, it's just a no go. So it's only close family. Well, you're talking about, um, who won't be there. Meghan Markle will not. Of course, she did not make the trip because she's so far along in her pregnancy. Um, Who else, I guess, just sticks out to you will not be there. Megan is really the only spouse, royal spouse, who's not attending because, as you mm. said, because of her pregnancy. So I think what's really going to it's really going to be noticeable, honestly, mm. Janine, is that Harry is alone. Yeah. You know, they're all going to have their it's it's not just William and Kate. It's like Zara and Mike Tyndall and um, Eugenie and her husband, Jack Brooksbank. And um, it's going to look a little lonely seeing Harry yeah. unaccompanied. Yeah. And then lastly, I guess, how how's the queen doing? How is she coping um, right now? Do we feel like she is in a in a good space or or yeah yeah so we spoke to again several people within royal palace uh, palace circles and they have said that this is a time when she will lean on her faith she's a very um religious woman you know she released a statement today it was a condolence statement and she nor- not about philip something else and she normally would have said philip and i Da, 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 are very, you know, it, hundreds, thousands of those statements through the years. And this time it just said, I am. And that, and, and it was poignant because it, there's yeah. no me anymore. Wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully that this brings some, some, you know, brings the family back together as it will. And they're able to just, you know, love on each other in this moment. Um, and hopefully, you know, Harry and, we'll get to talk and yeah. Yeah. I hope you know, so too. Patch some things up. Well, Michelle, thank you. Oh, thank you, Janine. Thanks so much. Next up, don't look at it in the eye and wait for it to just go away. Or maybe you're supposed to run. People Beauty and Style Director Andrea Laventhal gives her hot take on the early 2000s style trend that is rearing its head this spring. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, I'm Sid Evans, Editor-in-Chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce Season 5 of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Speaking 
spring style is upon us, you all. And uh, if you're turning over your closets or, or or whatever you're doing, you're probably wondering like, what what's going on out there? What should I be wearing? I mean, they're calling it Vax Girl Summer. Oh, you know, people are about to start coming out of the woodworks and being seen again. Uh, but there are some trends that are a bit of a head scratcher that we're going to talk through really quickly with an expert. Andrea Laventhal, who is the style and beauty director here at People, is going to talk to us a little bit about what's to come and what should be left behind. Hey, Andrea, how you doing? Oh, hi. I'm good. I'm good. And I just I want to get right to what's on everyone's minds. Despite the headlines that low rise jeans are back, you do not have to take this trend on. You don't low rise jeans. You said it. <laughs> there have been multiple I, headlines about this early 2000s Y2K, you know, hip bone exposing trend being back. Um, a lot of people had a lot of a. Uh, 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 fashion issues when it came to just having to do everyday things in this trend. I remember back in the 2000s. But why are you saying that uh, it, it it isn't something we need to worry about? Well, I, I say that because I've been getting panicked texts um, <laughs> from my friends who are, let's just say, ladies of a certain age and are like, please tell me this isn't true. And True or not, just because a trend is out there doesn't mean you have to take it on. And my advice with this particular one is to treat it much in the way wilderness experts advise you to treat a bear in the wild. <laughs> Don't look at it in the eye and wait for it to just go away, or maybe you're supposed to run and scream. Either way, you don't have to engage. I think what's in all seriousness, so great about fashion right now is that it's really comfort mm -hmm. first. Wear mm -hmm. stuff that makes you feel good. I'm really buying a lot of stuff with color. Okay. I don't, I haven't usually been someone who like wears a lot of color, but I think after the trauma of uh, 2020 and even 2021, frankly, I need some fun. So yeah, so you're like, what is lot. that pink? What is that magenta? Give it to me, neon. Yeah. And it's like, if you're not somebody who's like, wants to look like, you know, a crayon from head to toe, that's totally fine. There's <laughs> some great accessories, right? Like a new pair of flats in a fun color, a bag. I'm very into a belt bag, which is just a very nice way of saying a fanny pack. And then if you wanted to low rise and ruin your life and look back at pictures and wonder what you were thinking. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> live your life. Who am I to stop you from making terrible choices and regretting them? <laughs> so this is all coming, of course, from those Gen Zers who uh, get blamed for a lot, but this is their fault because uh, <laughs> they have taken on so many different styles from like the 90s and, and 2000s era. Um, in the middle part, flare jeans, bowler hats, butterfly clips, even scrunchies. Okay. Listen, the scrunchies I've leaned into hard. Oh, okay. I, I, I will say like Gen Z, right? So like last summer we were all in a panic because bike shorts reared their ugly head mm -hmm. again. And if you wore them the first time around, as I did, you were horrified to see them again, <laughs> right? Like yes. why would you ever dredge back the least flattering. And guess what happened? About a month after telling anyone who would listen and people, frankly, who didn't want to listen that that trend was Don't not a do trend, it. I bought a pair. 
Oh, of course. It reminds me of that that Devil Wears Prada moment where it's just like you can't, where she's explaining like everyone is subject to the trends like you don't understand. That sweater is not just blue. It's not turquoise. It's not lapis. It's actually cerulean. And you're also blithely unaware of the fact that in 2002, Oscar de la Renta did a collection of cerulean gowns. and then I Like, I loved that. <laughs> what I will say is, I'm glad I tried it. And okay. it was a low, low risk investment because I never buy a trend at a high price oh, unless you have like a lot of money. Absolutely then do not. You want. And this is, wait, this is a complete 180 if we talk about it. Like these are, these are the people who are wearing like the highest of waist jeans and yeah. have been for a long time. I'm talking like right up to their like top rib. And now we're just dropping it all the way down below the little pelvic bone. <laughs> I think as soon as they realize just how unfunctional that kind of pant is and what kind of underwear it requires. Oh, and just like thongs. Oh my goodness, and the like thongs. A low rise thong. Are they gonna ex- is it gonna be an exposed thong? This is getting really tragic. A whale okay. Tail. <laughs> a rail tail. I mean, that was that was a tragic time in fashion. And I don't care who wants to say, you know, what runway you want to send mm-hmm. it down. It wasn't cute. Okay, so so what what should come back? Yes or no? Let's just go through rapid fire. Uh, let me know. First thought in your head. Flared jeans. Sure. Bowler hats. Why? No. <laughs> middle part. Sure. If you like a middle part, rock it. I have one right now. Because you're young and on trend. Uh, mm, jelly shoes. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, if you're under seven, yes, do it. <laughs> And then all denim outfits, denim on, denim on, denim on, denim. I love a Canadian tuxedo. I do wear a denim shirt with denim pants and feel really yeah. good about myself. So I say Justin and Brittany for the win, forever and always. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And then just last thing that you think is a go-to, you can't get it wrong for this spring if you wear this. Maybe it's a classic, maybe it's a trend, but this is your go-to. Um, we put recently in the magazine that the easiest dress of summer is a shirt dress. So I, I'm talking about a dress that looks like one long button down with a tie because it's very comfortable, right? If you're yeah. having a day when you want to be cinched, you make that tie tight. If you're having a day when you just want to be breezy, don't touch me belt. You could take the belts off you can dress it up with a wedge sandal. You can wear your sneakers and you can even swap out the belt for a leather belt, another fabric belt. Yeah. You can get creative with it. We offered like a ton of different ideas on how to wear it. So it's very versatile. It's very breezy. It's comfortable and it never goes out of style. That was People's Andrea Laventhal. For more style tips and spring shopping deals, head over to People.com. And now, something to make you smile. Megan MacArthur and Bob Bankin are a married couple that just needs space. Literally, space. They are both American astronauts who are redefining what it means to have a long-distance relationship as they balance life on Earth while raising their seven-year-old son, Theo, and keeping their relationship alive when they are planets apart. Megan recently told people how she feels not being able to work alongside Bob when he's out in space. Listen. What makes it hard is that um, you're not working on these problems and these tasks together. You're sort of watching them do something, you know, without your help. So next week, it's Megan who will be going out into orbit for six months. And Bob says he's going to miss her and her desserts. You know, I've got to say it. Their love is out of this world. 
(laughs) Please have a great weekend, everybody. People Every Day is produced by Julia Weaver with help from Fallon Harge, Maureen Malarkey, and Aliza Sessler. Executive produced by Christina Everett and mixed by Mary Dew and Bahid Frazier. People's executive producers are David Flumenbaum and Zoe Ruderman. Special thanks to Mangesh Hatikader, Will Lee, and the incredible staff at iHeartMedia and People. <laughs>